Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, welcome to River Valley and welcome to Group Link this weekend. So it's a fantastic time uh, for you. If you've recently started coming to church, you know, like this time of year, we kind of ramp up a lot of things. And so we've, we've uh, seen people saved. We've seen people baptized. Last week, we had a great turnout uh, for people uh, beginning to serve in our children's ministry. We have such an opportunity. And today we want to help you connect in groups and we want to help you uh, meet people and, and form community and life together. Because frankly, this environment is not meant for that. And we know that. We, we, we make no bones about that. You, you might meet people here. And uh, I was a little late, late getting in because I was sitting outside talking to one of my friends. Uh, so you can kind of continue that relationship. But you can't develop it here. It, there's not enough time. There's not enough energy. But we have those for you. And so I want to talk with you about that today, biblically, and what that looks like. We'll be in Colossians chapter 3. Now, if you think about, uh, I am a uh, sociology, I had a sociology minor in college, which means I know just enough to be dangerous. And so, but let me, let me help you understand uh, the changing world in which we live. If you go downtown and you look at some of the old historic homes, uh, one of the m- most beautiful features of so many of those homes is those big wraparound porches in the front. And you see them and they're, they're roomy and many of them have couches and, and it's so wonderful to see. And it's so neat looking architecturally that a lot of people, uh, when they're building those, uh, will build them. But the problem is, is that we're not, as a society, we don't use those very much anymore. I built my house a few years ago and I didn't care anything about having a porch up front. I want a porch out back. You know why? Because there's deer and no people. That's why. I mean, so I'm, it is great. And so, so and it, it's just a different way of doing things. And so uh, in the old days, I mean, you'd sit out on a Sunday afternoon, you'd have a, a pitcher of tea, a pitcher of lemonade, your neighbors would walk by, they would come up and spend hours and you had, you had community even within your own block, even within the people who lived around you. But society Societies are changing. We don't, we don't really do that anymore. Many of you don't know your neighbors. I mean, you, you know a little bit about them, but really and truly, you, you don't know them. Now, think about churches. We built, and we have uh, this worship center, and this worship center is, is created to fill in and have a lot of people here because people come to worship first. Very few people do anything besides go to worship first at River Valley or at any church in America. They come, you want to check it out. It's kind of nice, honestly, uh, when you're checking out Christianity or you're checking out a new church because you can come to worship. You can be fairly anonymous. If you don't like it, halfway through, whenever somebody says, let's pray, and everybody closes their eyes and bows their head, you're like, get your Bible. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You, You know, but if you get busted, I had a friend that did that a few years ago. He forgot his Bible and he had to do the walk of shame back in. Sorry, I don't like you guys. I just want my Bible. I'm getting out. And so, but used to be, did you know that preachers used to brag about their Sunday school departments? Sunday school used to be by way, way, way more attended than worship. I mean, I can't imagine a scenario today where we have more people in groups than we have in worship. Times times have just changed. This week, 
Mel and I drove to, drove to work together several days, and uh, there's a bus stop or a bunch of kids waiting on a bus down by my house. And, uh, and there's probably six or seven of them, and they're just kind of lined up there waiting for the bus. Well, what's interesting, if you think about uh, just, I mean, not even very long ago, those kids would have been talking and goofing around and messing around and all that, but you know they weren't doing that. All six, all seven of them were like this. I mean, the whole time. And I told Melinda, I want to do that, you know, where you go, hey, cow, and see how many cows can look up. I want to do that. I want to like yell at them and watch all of them go, huh? Yeah, you know, at the same time, and Melinda wouldn't let me. She was like, that's creepy. So I can't do that, right? <laughs> so evidently, right? And so, so, but it, it's, it's this, it's this, I mean, there's dynamic of you have this opportunity to develop relationships and don't take it. Now, there's lots of other illustrations. I mean, I could go through and through and through and through and through with how our society has changed. And I want to be careful, though, that you don't miss my point. My point is not an old man going, back in my day, we didn't have tweeter face. Well, back in my day, we didn't do all this stuff, you know? And you're like, hey, Grandpa, settle down, come inside, eat your soup, right? You know, I don't want to do that, all right? We live where we live. We, we, we are what we are. And so to, you know, gripe and pine for a day gone by does no one any good. God placed us here at this time. So the point is not, he used to be better and we should try to get back to that. That's not the point at all. The point is, there used to be in society very natural and many, a, a, a large amount of options of how you could find friendships and community at your home, at your church, you know, your work. I mean, you're, you know, you used to actually work around people. Now you're all remote. And there, there, there's a very different dynamic that is happening within our society. So what used to be natural now has to be intentional. We have to intentionally seek out relationships. We have to intentionally invest in people and learn how to do that. It used to be just people didn't even think about it. It was so, so common. Now it has to be intentional if you want those because they are deep desires of our heart. God put us, and he said, in the garden uh, of Eden, he, th he made this, and it was good. He made this, and it was good. He made this, and it was good. And then the man was alone. He said, that's not good. We aren't made to be alone. We are made to live in community with friends. But we've got to be intentional about it. We've got to do it a certain way. So today we're going to look at what the Bible says about forming intentional relationships. Because frankly, you're never going to grow to your full potential spiritually if you aren't connected in Christian relationships. You aren't. You have to have Christian relationships. So this is what the Word of God says. Colossians chapter 3, beginning of verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen ones. Now, keep that up there, right there. You need to understand when you're looking at your Bible, anytime you see the word therefore, the old phrase is, what is the therefore, therefore? So he's, he's making an argument. He's connecting it with what has gone before, and he's set it up. Now he's just making the argument. Now the problem is if you do what we just did and jump into a verse and you don't understand that, you really don't get the context as much. So what is the therefore, therefore? In, in chapter 3, verse uh, 1 and following, he says, you are now been raised with Christ. And in this verse, he says, you're God's chosen one. What he's saying is, now that you're saved, here's what you do. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ today, this next passage is a command to us that we must do what he's about to say. If we are in Christ, this is not an option. Hey, you ought to think about it sometime. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, therefore, you're God's chosen one. He saved you. So what do you do? 
He says, uh, continuing on, you put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also are to forgive. Uh, above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let's walk through this and tell us, okay, now that we're saved, what do we do? He says, very first, he says, put on, and then he lists out a bunch of attributes. Put these things on. The, the word picture here is literally what it means, is put on these clothes. You, you change clothes for different, for different occasions. You wear different types of clothes. And he said, now, let's put on some Christian clothes. And those clothes are something that is a, uh, becomes a part of us. We are to do that. And it's really important when he says, hey, put these on. He doesn't say, Make sure you understand them. He doesn't say, like, you learn all about these things. He, do, he doesn't say that. Instead, what he says, I want you to put these clothes on. I want you to wear them. I want them to be a part of you. Think about the, the, the list that he just has. Think about kindness. We would probably use the word nice or friendly. But you've never said about, you, or you've said a lot, of, man, that guy, that lady, she is so nice. She's so friendly. She's so helpful and just has a wonderful smile. What you don't say is, man, they know so many different definitions of kindness. I mean, they're, they're just so knowledgeable. They, they wrote a book about kindness. It was crazy. No, you, it's something that you do. You practice these things. You put them on. You've got to be in group, in community with which to do this. And you've got to continually practice them. Put them on. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Then verse 13, you put on forbearance and you put on forgiveness. These are the ways or the, the only way to practice these is the Bible says with one another. With one another in relationships. You have to be together with one another in relationships in order to actually practice these. It's pretty easy to, to uh, be kind in, in a general sense from a stage. It's a whole different level to be kind or to forgive someone when they hurt your feelings. And you've got to practice those things over and over and over again. This is not a one-time deal where you go, man, I have achieved true humility. I am so humble. I have achieved it. I mean, you, you know, like, if, I, have you read my book, Humility? I've mastered it. I, I mean, you, you, you know, you can't say that. You've got to continually practice that, don't you? One of my favorite examples uh, in group of, of this example. So, uh, this is a long, it's got to be 10 years ago in River Valley. Uh, guy in our church uh, invited uh, through a neighbor starts to come, pretty, pretty rough background. And, uh, but the neighbor s sticks with it, you know, invites him. He comes to church a few times and then we start groups. And so he's, he's like, hey, you know, come to my group. It meets at my house, uh, you know, Tuesday nights or whenever. And the guy's like, okay. So, <clears throat> so they're, they're waiting and he's, he's excited, you know, this, this guy's going to come to his group. And he knocks on the door and he walks in. Of course, the, the host is right there to meet him, to make sure and introduce him. That's a little bit of an intimidating setting and he knows that. He's going to introduce him around. He says as he walks in the living room, the new guy, his eyes get huge and he says, oh snap. But he doesn't say snap. He says a non-preachy word. All right, so, so, 
<laughs> so, some of you are like, yeah, I know what it is, right? And then so, so, so he, he does, and he's like, what? And he said, the, the, the new guy says, well, he said, I got arrested this weekend. And uh, the, the officer who processed me into jail is sitting on the couch. <laughs> it just got awkward of it here, didn't it? You know? and, so, and, and so, literally, I've been arrested. The guy who processed me into jail the, the, is, is there. And, and I wish you knew this guy. He's so nice and friendly, but he does not look it. He's big. He's a big, big man. And just, he looks, he's an intimidating person. And he, he's so nice, but, but he comes over to him and, and the host is like, what? is about to happen. I mean, he's, the, the, the guard is walking to the prisoner like full on, full force. And he didn't know he was coming, but he, he remembers him. And so, so you know, of course, the, 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 the guy who was in jail is just sitting there like, what is about to happen? You, you know, like we are going to have a great community group story. Yeah. So whatever happens, we're talking about it. So he does, he walks right up to him and he literally puts his hand out and says, man, I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you come sit by me and use my Bible? And he brings him in. And you could just, my, my friend says, you could just feel the tension diffuse, walk in. That guy who was in jail a few months later at River Valley gave his life to Christ and was baptized in the river. He found Jesus because that person put on compassion and humility. He put on care and character of Jesus, and he practiced it. He literally did it. I can sit up here all day and say, hey, look, if you got a lot of baggage, bring it to your group. But it's a whole other thing for your group as you unpack that baggage and to say, we understand. We want to pray with you. We want to help you be free in Jesus Christ. That's what happens in groups. You've got to learn how to practice those things. Too many of us want those things put on us when we need them, but we don't practice them when we have the ability to do it for others. You will develop within group. You will form those relationships within group. And so you've got to be so careful to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, and forgiveness. I've seen in my group, I've seen somebody spout off and, and say something that kind of hit wrong with a person. And then to, to say, hey, that, that kind of bothered me. And then to say, I'm so sorry. And forgiveness to happen. I mean, that's, that's, that's worth 10 forgiveness sermons to actually practice it. And it's so, in, it, it, it's so wonderful to actually see it occur. You see that there was tension. You feel that, that the relationship was strained. And then you see them do it like Christian people do it. And you see their relationship. And now they're stronger than ever because they practice forgiveness to one another. So we've got to put on these clothes. This is something that we do, that we do regularly. At River Valley, we do most of our groups um, do within the school year, uh, on a school year cycle, because we understand you're going to, I mean, you, you've got Christmas, you've got vacations, there are things, things that understand, but, but if you miss out on these moments along the way, you literally can look up and you'd be like, oh, that's my church, but you don't know many people here because you're not a part of that structure to help us. Now, look at what comes from this, and the, the title of the sermon I put, how's this whole thing hold together? When we practice, when we put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, and forgiveness, what what happens? Then we're able to put on love in verse 14. How's this whole thing held, held together? Love. Love. That's what holds our church together. Love of Christ to us first. 
We are never the prime movers in love. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. So we experience the love of Christ, and then we begin to show it through these other characters, compassion and kindness and gentleness, and we begin to show it to other people. And that's how our church is held together. And I can deeply, I, I, I truly say uh, to the people in my group, I love you. I mean it. They love me. They mean it. I mean, even the men. That we, I, I say to the men in our group, not all the time and not weird, uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but man, I love you. I, I love you. I, I appreciate you so much. And I love what God has done in bringing me these people. And this brings this perfect, the Bible says, this perfect bond of unity. We are close within our church and we are close within our group because he, as we practice these things, he brings those together in a tremendous, tremendous way. You want this in your life. You had it in high school, I hope. You had it in relationships, I hope. But as we get older, those become much, much more difficult. We know more people, but we have less friends. We live in an age where we are surrounded by people, yet we are incredibly lonely and isolated most of the time. But we can have love. We can have this unity within this group together, and it can be expressed in amazing ways. Let me show you a picture of, of, that will illustrate this. Show me this picture. This is uh, Marines. Uh, these are Marines. Kyle Carpenter, Nicholas Euphrasio. November 21st, 2010, uh, they were in a Taliban-held city, and they were placed on the, the, the roof of a building, and they were providing overwatch with, this, with these uh, big guns for, for the Marines who were down below. The problem was is that the, the Taliban began and understood where they were, and someone lobbed a grenade over uh, the roof and into the, into the courtyard where they were on, the, on this roof courtyard. And so Carpenter immediately, when he saw the grenade, jumped on the grenade and took the full blast of the grenade within his body. Euphrasio was not as, as badly hurt, so he immediately went to his friend and got him. Luckily, a chopper uh, was already on the way in. The problem was, was that Kyle Carpenter died uh, on, in the helicopter on the way. But the medics were on the helicopter. They revived him. And then he went to the, to the field hospital, and he was pronounced, when he came in, he was pronounced DOA, dead on arrival. But a doctor decided to work on him, and he brought him back to life. And then they took him to the States. He was taken to Walter Reed Medical Center, and at Walter Reed, he died. But the doctor was able to inflate a lung again and, and get him to live. And so for the next two and a half years, Kyle Carpenter went through 40 surgeries. 40 surgeries in order to repair the different parts of his body that were broken because he had jumped on this grenade. And then in a few years later, let me show you the next picture. This is President Obama awarding um, Kyle Carpenter, Kyle Carpenter uh, the Medal of Freedom, or the Medal of Honor. And it is an incredible, incredibly honorable thing that he did. And at the end, they asked him the question that everyone asks. They asked him the question, why did you do it? Why did you do it? Why did you jump on a grenade to die? Why did you jump on a grenade? How is your attitude such that you, you smile? He's got a, a book out now. And you talk about how much you love Marines and how much you're, you're grateful for your time there. Why did you do these? And he gave the answer that almost 
every Medal of Honor winner gives. And it's simply this, I did it for my friend. I did it for my friend. I did it for Nicholas. I did it for him. You and I greatly desire that type of relationship. We want relationships where people invest in us heavily. And we invest in people heavily. And because of that, we are both better than we would ever be alone if we were isolated or self-serving. We grow tremendously when we others. I did it for my friends. So I developed, this is one of my favorite leadership sayings. And it's this, soldiers join for a cause, but they die for their friends. Soldiers join for a cause, but they die for their friends. This is important in your family. This is important in your business. This is important in your relationships. This, this phrase, you don't have to use the word soldiers, but most of us come in for something. We come in for a common vision. We, we, you know, maybe it's just as simple as like, I need to learn about this topic or I need to uh, you know, get some relationships. I, I don't know anyone. I'm new to, to Bastrop, whatever it is. But over the course of time, in fact, Melinda gave me a book several years ago about uh, Medal of Honor winners and their stories. And, and, and it's just almost universal that whatever it was that they did that was heroic, they did it for their buddies. They did it for their friends. They, they, they joined, I mean, you know, our armed forces exploded after 9-11 to help our country fight the war on terror. But when they jump on the grenade, it's not really for our country and it's not really for freedom. It's for their friends. It's for their friends. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for another, that he would die for someone else. We want sacrificial relationships. We are made to live in that type of community. And frankly, none of us, uh, or almost none of us, probably none of us, will ever be called to make that sacrifice for our friends. But you need it in so many ways. You need it when you say to your friends, I am struggling. I need encouragement. Pray for me. We are hurting. We need help financially. Can you help? And there's, there's this camaraderie within these relationships. You've got to have this common vision. You've got to have this time together. The reason that if you were ever in uh, any armed forces service, you probably developed really good friends within those people within your company was because you did so much together. I mean, you went through basic training together. You went through, uh, if, if you were involved in, in any type of action, you were, you were out on the edge, but you were with a group of people and you did it all the time. And when it was horrible, you endured it together. And you made fun of whoever was your sergeant or your lieutenant together. And, you, you know, you went through life together. And that's what the key to developing love. You practice these things to each other. So some people come in and they're like, man, I, I just need some, some friends. Great. Uh, my dad grew up, and, and I grew up uh, listening to Zig Ziglar. And uh, any, any of you guys listen to Zig Ziglar growing up? All right, my people. All right, I'm a motivational junkie. I love it. I love it. And uh, Zig Ziglar used to always say, when you go out looking for friends, they're very hard to find. When you go out to be a friend, you'll always have enough. And there's a world of difference in that. 
If you're looking for, hey, I just need some friends, go out and be a friend. What do you do? You put on compassion and kindness and humility. And over time, it develops love. And that is the bond that keeps us together. And then look at how we do it differently. This is where, this is where some of you will be confused because some of you have some good relationships. You're like, I got a group of buddies and we play golf together. We fish together. We hunt. That, that's, that's fantastic. But let, there's a difference in how Christians do it that really helps them get to this deeper, deeper level. And it's in verse 16. We let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. I heard a famous English preacher one time preach from this verse, and it always sticks in my head because he said, let the word of Christ dwell, and he said, richly, like that, and I was like, oh man, you know, so in my head, I can't do it very good, but man, he, I was like, so I always hear his voice say, richly, and uh, and so we got to let this word dwell in us. See, it's not about relationships. It's not about getting together and, and just doing life together. It's, there's a commonality with the vision that we want to do, uh, 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 experience Christ together. But the way we do it is around the Word of God. The way that we do it is centered on the person and the work of Jesus Christ as we find in scriptures. And so you go, and it doesn't matter what group you're in. It is, it is uh, there so that you can develop relationships. You can learn about if it's a topic or whatever, but you can do it with the word of God. We let the word dwell in us richly. Like this is how we keep together. This is the deeper level that Christians get because there's intimacy that comes when we let God's word deal in our hearts and teach us. And so there's so many ways to do this. In fact, we have uh, uh, topical groups this semester that, that meet, that, that if you'd like to learn about finances and how biblically to do finance, we have Financial Peace University. You can sign up and let God help you with your finances as the word of Christ as it is taught and has practical application. We have, we have a group called Grief Share that, that for those of you who have, who have lost, uh, uh, has experienced a significant loss, most of the time it's a person, but if, even if it's, if it's something besides that, that people that are there together can help you and you can be iron sharpening iron together. There's, in fact, we have well over 30 uh, groups uh, within River Valley. Some of those aren't represented out there because they're full, uh, because they're full, but the, there's always new groups developing so that you can develop relationships, but it's around the Word of God. It's what God's Word says about the topic or whatever it is that you're doing, and it's life-changing. It's truly life-changing. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's, if you've only experienced church, and some of you grew up going to church once a year, and now you're coming to River Valley, and you've gotten saved, and you're like, man, I'm the greatest Christian ever. Last month, I went twice. I, I mean, you're, you're whoo, you know, you're missing out on so much of what Jesus has for you. You really are. You are missing out. And this is not me standing up here and giving you the party line. This is me standing up here as a member of a long-term group and saying that you're missing it. You're missing it without it. I love it. This is not something, hey, you people go do this. This is what believers like me do in order to strengthen our life together. So there's a couple things that are going to keep you from signing up for a group today. And I want to address those head on. The first is, is you came in just thinking you were going to go to church and like you are desperately trying to beat the church down the road to Chili's for lunch, right? I mean, you're, you're just like, we're at the early service. We can, I mean, we can be in and out, baby. And like, like you got plans. I get it. All right. And so, so you're, you're, you're doing that. Listen, and so you, you didn't really plan on it today. 
But the mature Christian is when God, when God shows you, when God speaks, you respond. And he's spoken today through his word. He wants you to do these things. He wants you to put these things on in practice. So I get it. I, I get it. Like it wasn't in your radar and you're, you need to pivot. So it is. And it's going to take some time because all of these people are going to file out simultaneous. And you might have some people in, and you want to find a, a group and, and you found one, but the people in front of you are talking. And, and you're like, let's go. We've waited three whole minutes. I've seen it happen a million times. You're just like, we don't have our whole day. It's three minutes. But, but it, that's, it happens all the time because, because something is calling. Listen, don't miss this moment. We have to be intentional. And you can join up for a group whenever it was. But the best time is as everybody else is joining up and you start fresh together. So don't, don't miss that moment. Now, in the old days, we used to sign up just by um, locations and names and times and things like that. Well, that could sometimes present a problem. Because have you ever been around a group of people and you look at them and you think, these are not my people? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> these... Uh, I have a people, but these are not them. Yeah, 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 you know, like uh, whatever it is, right? Uh, whatever it is. And so, so we do it differently today. So you can actually meet the people because the, the topic might be what you're after. You might be like, hey, we're looking for this. We're looking for help in, in this area. Uh, we're looking for a men's Bible study, a women's Bible study. We're looking for all, we have all of these things. But you actually get to go meet the people and, and it's wonderful. So uh, for a long time, we, we've met at a house and, and uh, in, in my group, in the early days when we were still kind of growing, it was always funny to watch people come in and uh, to the door because they're, you know, that's ner a little nerve wracking when you've not met them, but they took a big step that you don't have to take anymore and they would walk in and, and, and my friend, he, he's, he's a big hunter, he's a big fisher, so he had several deer head up on the wall and it was always fun to watch men walk in and go, oh good, they're normal. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, oh look, dead animals. These are my people. Yeah, yeah, you know, I love it. And so, so they found their people, but but now you can go and actually meet them and be like, those were not, I like them. Those are nice people. And you can meet them that way. So another thing is, is a lot of people, I find, don't go to groups because they have the most irrational fears ever. They think they're going to walk into a group and someone's going to be like, I'm so glad you as a guest and the first time are here today. Here's a Bible. Will you please teach the lesson and pray for us at the end? And you're just like, oh, okay, open up to, you know, just let it. Yeah, I mean, and it, that's, that's a ridiculous, but it's, it's a real thing. Like, they're going to call me out and ask me a question that I don't know the answer to. Or they're going to ask me to pray. Or like, I'm new at this and I'm uncomfortable. So I'm, this is as far of a step. It's okay. Listen, we have... Last semester, we had 80% uh, right at like 78% of our adults who are in this room were in groups. Do you think that we get that percentage of people to go by going, you know what? The very first thing we do is just some public shaming. Uh, that just seems to really bond us together. And they come back. Man, you embarrass them once and you've got them forever. Come on. No. It's, not, it's, just, it's an erratic, but you have it. No, they're, they're kind. They're humble. They're gentle. They're patient. They're forgiving. That's how we get them to come back. You're like These are exceptional people. I want to be a part of this group. Or these are people who are growing. They're not exceptional yet, but they're going there. They're making it. And so I want you to encourage you to do that, to be a part of these groups. So at the end of the service, um, we're going we're gonna to sing in just a moment. Uh, and part of the reason is because the Bible says we should in this verse. We should admonish one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts. 
We ought, to, we ought to be grateful that God has given us a church that continues to grow bigger and smaller simultaneous, that continues to reach people, but it's not reaching people so they can be anonymous in a large worship center. It's reaching people and helping them get connected within true, uh, true relationships, true fellowship. That's a, that's a very unusual thing. That's a great and wonderful thing. So we're going to give gratitude and thankfulness to God. And then you're going to have an opportunity to go out and to find a group. We have groups that meet all over. We have groups that meet different times. We have groups for men, groups for women. We have topical groups that study a certain uh, topic around the Bible for a certain period of time. Find a group. Stay till you find a group. Ben is right in the center. In the or- There'll be an orange table there. Ben is our community group pastor. Uh, and so uh, he is there. Josh will be there. Josh Grant, our student pastor. They want to help you. If you're like, do you have? And they'll direct you. Or, or we're going to help you find a group. And then you've got to be able to put time and put energy into going for it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is my testimony. I am a natural Introvert. Most people don't understand that about me if you don't know me. I am an extreme introvert. My, my wife makes her friends promise that if she dies, they will come to our house and make me leave. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, that does, I'm not shy. But, but I, I, I am, when I'm around people, it is not natural to me, and it is hard for me. And I'm here, I'm giving you a testimony that I wouldn't miss my group for anything. I wouldn't miss my friends for anything. What they have done for me and through, uh, what God has done through them for me has been transformative and life-changing. And I wouldn't miss it for the world. And it's not natural to me, but it is a learned habit. And God has blessed me richly with my friends. I want that for you. That's what today's is about. This is from the Word of God and at least one person going, seriously, do it. It's awesome. That's what today is. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, the Bible says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is Jesus your Lord? Is he in control? Does he rule and reign in your life? Let Jesus be in your life today. Jesus is Lord of our life when we willingly abdicate responsibility for running our life to him. When we willingly say, Jesus, take over. Jesus, you died for the people of the world. Jesus, you died for my sins. And today the sermon was, once, once you have that, what should you do? But make sure you have that first. Make sure you have the name of the Lord Jesus Christ stamped on your life. That you are a believer, that you are a Christian. Let Jesus be a part of your life. Be the ruler and reigner. Let, believe that God died on the cross for your sins. Believe that he was raised and resurrected. Let Jesus be the Lord. And then secondly, put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on forgiveness. Put those things on and work with them with people. It's the only way to do those things. It's not about understanding conceptually. It's about working them out in faith. Please, follow Christ. He's got something for you this year in groups. I'm telling you, he's got something for you. Jesus, we thank you and we pray today that you would let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. God, that you who are the living word of God would dwell in us and that we would follow your word today and we would put on 
all of these character traits so that the, the bond of our unity would be love, would be love. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.